3: There is some major breaking news. A whistleblower has come forward and refuted the Attorney General Garland on the FBI monitoring parents and turning them into domestic terrorists for speaking up at school board meetings. The ranking member uh, is going to join us, Jim Jordans, Congressman Jim Jordan to talk about this as he is the one that received the email. Now, let me give you the background on this real quick. Republican lawmakers now say that a whistleblower sent them an internal FBI email that shows the counterterrorism unit is, in fact, monitoring parents right now. What they classify as, quote, threats against school board members, despite the Attorney General Merrick Garland denying such surveillance on Capitol Hill in questioning. According to the email that's been now leaked by the whistleblower, the assistant directors of the FBI counterterrorism and criminal divisions told agents to track the threat in response to Mr. Garland's October 4th memo, directing the Bureau and other federal agencies to address a, quote, disturbing spike, which is not true, in threats against school board members and other school officials. Now, this information on this whistleblower that I am giving you today and my conversation with Jim Jordan coming up in a moment needs to be shared with everybody. So make sure that you share our podcast. Share this information because it's so important that people understand that the Attorney General lied to Congress and covered up surveillance on parents who just went to school board meetings and organized other parents to go to school board meetings, and now they're being treated and tracked like they're members of Al Qaeda or ISIS. The email obtained by Republican members of the House Judiciary Committee, the ranking member, Jim Jordans, states that agents should apply the quote threat tag, edu officials, edu officials to the investigations and assessments of the threats. Once you're on the list, can you get off the list is the question. The answer is probably no. Once you're on a terrorist watch list, it's kind of hard to get off of it. Once you're on a do not fly list, it's kind of hard to get off of it. Quote, the purpose of the threat tag. Again, this is coming from the whistleblower who's leaked this information. These emails, the purpose of the threat tag is to help scope this threat on a national level and provide an opportunity for comprehensive analysis of the threat picture for effective engagement with law enforcement partners at all level, the email states. This means that the Attorney General Garland flat out lied to Congress. He's a liar. When he looked at Congress and he said, I'm not spying on parents He knew he was, and the letters were showing that's exactly what they were doing, the internal memo from the FBI. It goes on to say in this memo that's now been leaked by the whistleblower that agents evaluate a potential threat. As they do this, they should consider the motivation and whether there is a federal nexus or, quote, any federal violations that can be investigated and charged against the parents. The email was sent. We now have confirmation from the whistleblower the day before Mr. Garland testified before the committee on the 27th. So we know that he was lying. Now, Jim Jordan was on Fox News Channel talking about this whistleblower and getting this email. Here is what he had to say to Martha McCollum at Fox.
4: We just had a whistleblower come forward. We got information from him, uh, from this individual yesterday. And um, as he points out in this, the FBI, the day before Merrick Garland testified, so on October 20th, he testified on the 21st. On October 24th, there's a memo that goes out from the counterterrorism division at the FBI instructing them to put threat tags.
3: By the way, the counterterrorism division at the FBI, Jim Jordan, I love him. He's a fast talker. He gives you a hell of a lot of good information. OK, a hell of a lot of information. But I want you to just sit back for a moment and I want you to think about that very major point that he just made. I'm going to rewind it. And this is how they're te- this is how they're going to treat parents, investigate parents, label parents. This is the organization that is coming after you, the same people that come after Al Qaeda and ISIS, the same t- the same organization. That comes after Os- that went after Osama bin Laden, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind 911 11 This is the same guy or the same team that goes after them is now coming after you as a parent because you show up at a school board meeting?
4: memo that goes out from the counterterrorism division at the FBI instructing them to put threat tags on parents. They were actually cataloging and categorizing parents who may pose a threat. So this is a federal categorizing of moms and dads showing up at school board meetings is frightening. And of course, Merrick Garland testified the day after that memo went out, no, nothing of the sort is going on. We got some real questions for the attorney general in light of this whistleblower's information that he's, uh, He's brought for it. Reminded me, frankly, Martha. Remember back when Lois Lerner and the IRS targeted people with the Bolo list, be on the lookout list? That's what this reminded me of.
3: That's exactly what it is. Now, what you just heard about Merrick Garland and what he has done, this whistleblower clearly had this memo, clearly works inside the deep state. Clearly, I would assume at the FBI, maybe even in the counterterrorism division, where his real job's supposed to be or her real job is supposed to be finding Terrorists connected Al Qaeda and ISIS. They're trying to kill Americans and innocent people in the U.S. and around the world, right? They're going after actual terrorists. I, can you imagine how angry you would be that all of a sudden now you're being told to spy on parents and to label concerned parents who don't like mass mandates, don't like vaccine mandates, don't like critical race theory being taught in school, don't like transgender policies that are keeping their kids unsafe as the same exact designation as a terrorist. Who tried to hijack or did hijack one of the planes on 9-11. And what this this whistleblower's email does is it refutes the attorney general on the FBI monitoring. And the Republican lawmakers say this whistleblower sent them this internal FBI email to show them that the day before he testified to Congress, he knew it was happening. He lied straight to their face. Nice way of putting it is this whistleblower email clearly calls into question the accuracy of A.G. Garland's testimony. I wouldn't say accuracy, I would say straight up lies. The fact is, Joe Biden's FBI, under the Attorney General Garland, is tagging parents at school board meetings for speaking up, showing up, and organizing. That's what this is. Plain and simple. FBI treating parents as terrorist threats. That's what this is. You make a sign and they get a picture of you at a school board meeting with a sign. What does that mean? It means you're on the list. You're a domestic terrorist, congratulations. Yeah, they're trying to chill chill First Amendment free speech. This is
4: all about intimidating parents. But one thing I know, one thing you know, Laura, you're not gonna intimidate moms and dads. No, no high paid lobbyist, no bureaucrat ever beats a mom on a mission. The moms are fired up. And here's the, here's the great thing. Courage is contagious. We saw it in Virginia. One mom stands up, one dad stands up, pretty soon it's a whole community and they're saying, not with my kids. That is what is so wrong about this. And you're exactly right. The idea that this guy, Merrick Garland, was the smartest man on the planet, had to be on the Supreme Court, is such a crock. And the, and the American people see, we saw him testify in front of our committee three weeks ago. He didn't even know there was a press release that accompanied his memo on October 4th. And that press release talked about getting the National Security Division, the counterterrorism division, involved in this effort. That is frightening. He didn't even know it. Or if he did know it and misled us, that's even more wrong. So he better come back in front of our committee and be willing to answer some tough questions about this. And he should stop this
3: process right now. Jim Jordan is right. Threatening parents as terrorists, treating parents like terrorists putting them on terrorist watch lists because they show up and use their free speech. This is what tyranny actually is. This is what communism actually is. This is the crap that happens in Russia, in Cuba, in Venezuela, in China. This is not what's supposed to happen in America, yet you have the Attorney General of the United States of America tagging parents as school board terrorists because you showed up to a meeting and you held up a sign or you spoke out or you were irritated and once you're on the list the question I asked is this can you get off the list all right we'll take a quick break we'll come back much more on this again Jim Jordan making it clear from this whistleblower that if you showed up at a school board meeting and there's a picture view a video view you, you're talking you're on a list a a elected official decides to put you on a list the FBI is now officially tagging parents at school board meetings as domestic terrorists and monitoring you. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film
0: podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He
1: has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
3: Now, before I bring Congressman Jim Jordan's on the show, I want to ask you, please share this podcast with your family and friends right now. Hit that little forward button. Share this because everybody needs to know this story, how Americans are being treated and exactly what is happening with the attorney general. Joining me now is U.S. Congressman who is exposing all of this, Jim Jordan. Congressman, congrats on the new book. It's a great holiday buy for people. Uh, It's number one on the list, as it should be. Uh, Let's start with this whistleblower information that you have received. Uh, We knew Mm -hmm. that it didn't look right. It didn't smell right. And it wasn't believable, the response, when I saw it originally from Garland, the attorney general, treating parents like terrorists for showing up. Uh, at school board meetings or organizing to go to school, school board meetings or speaking out and saying no to school boards. Now we know this is much deeper than some random memo that he says he didn't even know anything about. Yeah,
4: yeah no, no kidding. And he, and he said that, on the, uh, as you pointed out, on the 21st of October when he testified in front of us. But it turns out the day before he said that, they were doing it as he spoke. There was an email that went out across the country to FBI agents from the counterterrorism division at the Justice Department, so they were in fact treating parents as domestic terrorists. And remember, the catalyst—the catalyst for this whole thing—he said this under oath at the hearing. The catalyst was a letter from a left-wing political organization that was sent to the President of the United States. And Merrick Garland puts in action five days after that original letter is sent. He puts in action this this, this task force and this process of categorizing parents as. A, a threat tag on parents, a terrorist tag on moms and dads. Um, we need him to come back, answer our questions. Mostly what we need is, uh, remember, that, 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 that left-wing political organization who, who initiated this whole thing, they've now apologized and withdrawn their letter. But Merrick Garland hasn't stopped this in its tracks, this process that he's, he's put in place. So that's what needs to happen. And then he also needs to come back and answer some tough questions from all of us.
3: You, you know, you look at this and, and I, I connect the dots. We, we've been doing a deep dive uh, for a six part series that we just did on our podcast about the Durham investigation. Mm-hmm. And you, yep. you look at these two things simultaneously happening right now. You've got an attorney general that completely uh, abuses the power and attacks parents and treats them like terrorists. My question is simply this on the list. If you get on this list. Jim uh, how do you get off the list yeah
4: yeah well who knows just like with with, just like with the IRS just like with uh the the Comey FBI now it's the now it's the Garland Justice Department if they want to come after you with the awesome power that the federal government of the United States has the biggest entity in the world if they want to come after you you know God help you so this is this is frightening stuff it is not supposed to happen in the greatest nation in history, where we have a constitution, where we have a Bill of Rights, where we have a First Amendment, so it is it is not supposed. To, that is what I find so egregious. And 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 what were they going after, moms and dads, for? For simply standing up and saying we don't want this racist, hate America curriculum taught to our kids. And that I mean that, that's the part that it, it sort of adds insult to injury. These were just good parents looking out for the best interests of their son or daughter, like all good parents do. Um, and now they got this this this. Chilling impact from the the biggest entity in the world, the federal government, and the specifically the FBI's counterterrorism division. It is so wrong
3: you you know this because, as a congressman, I know that you've you've known the stories of when, People that worked on congressional staffs and even some members of Congress were put on a do not fly list. Remember that years ago? Yep. And a lot of yep. people were trying to figure out how you get off the list. Once you get on the list, you had congressmen that couldn't even get to Washington, D.C. when their name was accidentally put on that list. And that's my point is when yep. you put hundreds and hundreds of parents on a list and you treat them like a domestic terrorist, even if you apologize for it, if do you ever not uh, are you ever not on the list that means that they can look at you, maybe even spy on you? Brings me back to the question I want to ask you about the Durham investigation. Now, it's very clear now that the Steele dossier is not the Steele dossier. It's the Clinton dossier. It's very clear yeah. now yeah. from this last set of indictments, Congressman, that, that Hillary yeah. Clinton orchestrated, funded, colluded, conspired with the DOJ, with Comey, with Mueller, with Obama, and had direct contacts with the Russian Federation, including as high up that we know, at least on the record now, the press secretary for Vladimir Putin and the aides of the press secretary. This is not the, the Steele dossier anymore. This is the Clinton dossier. Is there yeah. going to be any accountability for this?
4: Let's hope so. Let's hope so. And and I like the fact that these two recent indictments, and you're exactly right in your, your assessment there. This is this goes right to the Clinton campaign. That was clear in the Danchenko indictment, uh, the 30-some pages Uh but remember this whole, this whole pattern. The Clinton campaign hired Perkins Cooley, who hired uh, uh, Fusion GPS, who hired Christopher Steele, who went and hired Dan Chinko and got information from him. But what we didn't know is what you just pointed out. turns out the information that was going to Dan Chinko and to Christopher Steele was also coming from the Clinton campaign. It was one big circle, but it was all with the Clinton. So it looks like Durham fully understands that, and that's the direction he's going to go. These two indictments are about the original lies. They're not just lies that these individuals told to John Durham and his investigative team here the past year and a half that he's been doing his investigation. No, 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 these were the lies that took place in 2016, 2017 where Dan Chinko and Alan, uh, or excuse me Mr. Zussman um, um, lied to the FBI. that's what that's what Durham is alleging and, 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 and so now, when we have this indictment that says, and it goes all the way to this to, to the Clinton campaign let's hope. They're going to hold people accountable. And let's also remember, I don't believe, I mean, it's just hard for me to believe that the FBI didn't know that this stuff that was coming to them was coming from the Clinton campaign. So we'll see if, if Durham's investigation moves in that direction as well.
3: You're probably like me. When I got the first copy of the dossier and started reading it um, in the excerpts, I, I, I was laughing because it yeah. screamed of dirty tricks. You and I have been around politics for a long time. You, you know when there's crap and you know when there's something that's legit. There's a different feel to it. This was crap from the moment yep. you started reading it. Yep. And you're telling me that the FBI couldn't figure that out, that they could be bamboozled this easy, including the highest levels? Yeah. I say no. I think it's collusion. I think they were in on it from day one. They wanted to overthrow the will of the people. If you want to overthrow the will of the people, I refer to that as a coup attempt. And I believe that's exactly what James Comey, the FBI, and all of them did after Trump got elected, was, hey, we don't like the outcome. We're just going to change it. We'll impeach him. We'll undermine him. And in many ways, I would argue that the coup attempt did, in fact, work because you undermine him for four years. You made him a weaker candidate going into this his re-election campaign, and it very well could have cost him the election.
4: Yeah, a, a couple things. Donald Trump was the individual who stood between we the people and what you just described, the federal government going after us, going after him. Going, I mean, he, he, That's why they wanted to – he was coming to this town, and he did it more than any – I mean you talk about the title of our book, Do What You Said You Would Do. No one did more what they said they would do than President Trump, the most successful president certainly in my lifetime. Uh, and he did it against, as you point out, everyone against him. Every Democrat was against him. Everyone in the mainstream press was against him. Everyone in the bureaucracy was against him. And a bunch of Republicans were against him. And he still got more done than any president I can remember. So the, he stood between, uh, between what they were trying to do and what should happen. And that's why they went after him so darn hard. And, and look, we didn't, have, we didn't have the IRS targeting people like we did under Obama-Biden. We didn't have, um, we didn't have the, uh, uh, the FBI spying on parents like we do under Biden. None of that happened when President Trump was in there. They went after him. But they, they were coming after us. And that, that, that is, I think, an important thing for us all to remember. And why, and frankly, why I hope President Trump runs again and hope he wins.
3: I've got two more questions for you. One about your book, and I'm going to ask you that in a moment. But before we get to that, there are a lot of people that are extremely angry over the fact uh, that you had Steve Bannon uh, this week that was indicted for, for refusing to, yeah. to appear before Congress. Can you give people historical context of how many top-level, high-profile individuals uh, that are Democrats have defied uh, a a subpoena to Congress and did not get indicted for that? Yeah, yeah.
4: Lerner, the two people we are just talking about, Lois Lerner and, and, uh, and, uh, well, we were talking about Holder, but Holder was the attorney general, of course, during the Obama-Biden time. Uh, Both of them were held in contempt by Congress, and the Justice Department did nothing. And frankly, when the Justice Department does decide, to pursue uh, contempt, uh, they usually, it usually happens in civil court. It's not, a, it's not criminal contempt like they did with Steve Bannon. And if they're going to cross this bridge, I mean, they're, they're talking, the, the Democrats in Congress on this January 6th political committee that they put together, uh, they're talking about going after Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff, to President Trump. Now, if you're going to do criminal contempt on the chief of staff, to the president of the United States of America, that 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 those conversations are supposed to be the most protected and you're going to do criminal contempt. You're not going to figure out if are there some some questions that could be asked, some areas of, of, of question Th- that, that is frightening. And I've said, look, if you're going to cross it, we shouldn't do this. This is 200 years of precedent. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to cross it, then there's lots of questions that I think Americans want to hear answers from from Ron Klain, Biden's chief of staff about what happened in the whole debacle. That was the exit from Afghanistan. There's questions that we want to ask Jake Sullivan. Uh, So, uh, if we're going to go down that road, we're going to go down that road. I hope we don't.
3: There's I don't a lot of people though, that ask, country. Congressman, is this our fault that we're a bunch of wusses, that Republicans don't fight hard and Democrats fight harder than we do? They play by different rules. Is it the fault of conservatives or fake conservatives in Congress that we don't hold them to the same standards that they're clearly trying to hold conservatives to right now?
4: Well, I certainly try to hold them to standards. I've been I've been involved in every major investigation in this in this town over the last decade, it seems. The IRS investigation, I was on the Benghazi Select Committee. I was in, 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 on the impeachment uh, investigation trying to defend the president when they did their crazy things and, and tried to impeach him. Uh, and, and, of course, now we have this, what they're doing, the parents via the the FBI counterterrorism division. So um, I do think we've got to push back and make sure we get the truth out. And, look, I, I think we should follow the Constitution, follow the Bill of Rights. Uh, but what i'm saying is if they're going to if they're going to they're going to buy like 200 years of precedent when it comes to the chief of staff of the united states and his communications with the president of the united states then then uh, then uh, then look we're going to have to do the same we're going to have to do the same and i hate to say that but i think that's where it has to go if the, if that's where democrats want to take our great nation
3: christmas is coming congressman and let's talk about your book Uh, do what you said you would do. There's going to be so many people listening on podcasts. They're going to be thinking, Hey, what do I get somebody for Christmas? I I have been around you. We've, we've never broken bread together, but we've been around each other at CPAC and other things. And I will say this, uh, this is a book, put it on your list. Uh, this is a man of integrity. I have witnessed and watched his work for years. Uh, we need to do this more often. Have you on but I'm so excited for story. you as, as, as a author. And I'm so proud of you for this book that you've written, tell people what they're going to get in it. It's going to, uh, and why they should grab it. It's going to be out November the 23rd. You can pre-order it now, Amazon and other places. Uh, but what are they going to get in this book?
4: Well, they're gonna, uh, I, I wrote every single word. I'm, I'm old fashioned I've been, I, I get out the yellow legal patent. I write it out longhand. And then, uh, but it takes them behind the scenes, and and look, I talk about all these investigations that we just mentioned. I've, I've had the privilege of being in, in, in involved in every one of these, trying to get the truth out for the American people so they know exactly what happened. We we take them behind the scenes with President Trump, who's who's an amazing guy, and um, you know some of the interaction we had, some of the funny things. I, I mean, I have I, one of the stories we talk about in there is when when my my, my good friends and colleagues uh, Steve Scalise and Matt Gates stormed the bunker in the basement of the Capitol during impeachment, and Adam Schiff's reaction to that. Him, hollow me into his office and we. Talk. I mean, it just. So I, we we try to give the the, the reader a, a real sense of uh, being behind the scenes and, and and what takes place. Um and and so we, I also talk a lot about the the formation of the Freedom Caucus, uh when we formed it and and when we made the decision that that we were going to get a new speaker and John Boehner, uh, wound up leaving. So um I think though I think I think your readers, or excuse me, your listeners will enjoy the read.
3: I hope grab the book. It's a great Christmas gift. Do what you said you would do, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp, uh, by Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And we'll do it again real soon.
0: More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts of Vito,
0: the temper of Sonny.
3: All right, I'll say it again real quick. If uh, you are listening to this podcast, make sure that you share this real quick. Hit that little forward button. You can text this podcast to your family and friends because everybody needs to hear exactly what Jim Jordan just said. It's the only way we're going to win is if we expose A.G. Garland and the FBI, the deep state, the Biden administration for exactly what they're doing right now, uh, which this whistleblower has exposed. And he, when, when whistleblowers take chances to tell us exactly what's going on, they expose things like this. I think we have an obligation to not only back them up, but to make sure that the information that they are telling and showing and exposing gets seen by the masses. And the media is not going to do that. So again, make sure you share this podcast uh, with your family and your friends right now. All right, I got to switch gears real quick to something else that's breaking that you need to know about. And we're getting word right now that the Biden administration is about to roll out new mandated booster shots. The question should be asked right now is, will this ever end the Biden administration is now planning uh, to demand slash mandate boosters for all adults in this country the administration is expected to begin the process quote of expanding the booster authorization to all adults as early as this week according to sources familiar with the internal planning at the White House why does this matter because American boosters campaign got off to an underwhelming start Americans decided Maybe not. Now, the White House says, well, this has potentially left millions of vulnerable people at risk as the holidays approach. So, therefore, we're going to mandate it. Now, something else that's also shocking right now is this there is a new poll out. And this is exactly how psychotic Democrats have become. There is a poll out that says 60% of vaccinated individuals say they are banning unvaccinated family members from their seasonal festivities. That's right. The vaccinated are now banning their unvaccinated relatives from holiday gatherings at, at, at a 60% rate. Now, I would assume that the majority of the 60% of the vaccinated individuals who say they're going to ban their unvaccinated family members from Christmas and Thanksgiving are probably woke leftist crazies. But this is exactly what the Biden administration is trying to do in this country. They're wanting to divide us into two different groups of people, two different classes of citizens. One group that is the haves and can do everything that they want you to do and allow you to do. And they give you freedoms if you get on your knees and take the jab. And the have nots, those that they punish, those they silent, those they ban from airplanes, ban from sporting events, ban your kids from playing sports. Ban your kids from going to school. Ban you from going to the office. Ban you from being able to provide for your family. This is all part of that plan. When you've when you've gotten people in America to the point with this propaganda that 60% of vaccinated individuals say they're banning their unvaccinated family members from Christmas and Thanksgiving, from their gatherings this holiday season, that is telling you how delusional the left is how much brainwashing they've been able to accomplish by owning our public schools. People are putting the vaccine and the mandates over spending time with their families during Christmas and Thanksgiving. Now, the White House is going to try to sell it to you this way that this is a big picture moment. They're going to tell you from what we've been told, the pandemic still isn't over. And the data, they say, is clear that the vaccine effectiveness has waned over time with the rise of the Delta variant. And they believe that if you just go get the booster dose, it will restore your protection against the virus to remarkable levels. That's the selling point. Now, I've always said, follow the money. And the money has become a very big part of this conversation. And it's a part that Democrats don't want you to understand. So I'm going to explain it to you right now so you get it. We are now being told that Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna are now making more than $1,000 profit every second. Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna are making combined profits of $65,000 every minute for their highly successful COVID-19 vaccine mandate. There's also now new criticism that we're not really fighting the pandemic because the world's poorest countries remain largely unvaccinated, according to new analysis, because they're trying to get every dime they can out of this vaccine. These companies have sold the vast majority of their doses to rich countries, leaving low-income nations in the lurch. That's what the People's Vaccine Alliance, a coalition campaigning for wider access to COVID-19 vaccines which based its calculations on the firm's own earnings reports. The alliance estimates that the trio, these companies, will make pre-tax profits of $34 billion alone this year between them, which works out to over $1,000 a second, $65,000 a minute, or $93 million a day. Quote, it's obscene that just a few companies are making millions of dollars in profit every single hour while just 2% of people in low-income countries have been fully vaccinated against coronavirus. So when they try to tell you they're about saving lives and everything else, no, they're about making money. Because if they were about saving lives, they'd be giving this vaccine to poorer countries. Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna have used their monopolies to prioritize the most profitable contracts with the richest governments, leaving low-income countries out in the cold, the new report claims. Pfizer and BioNTech have delivered less than 1% of their total supply chain to low-income countries, while Moderna has delivered just 0.2%. Currently, 98% of people in low-income countries have not been fully vaccinated. The three companies' actions are in contrast to AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson, which have provided their vaccines on a not-for-profit basis. Though both have now announced that they foresee ending that agreement in the future because, hey, if the other companies are making all this money, we went to in on it too. The other thing that should make every one of you angry, PVA said that despite receiving public funding of more than $8 billion and guaranteed contracts to make the money on top of that, Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna have refused calls to transfer the vaccine technology to producers in low- and middle-income countries. Via the World Health Organization. A move that would clearly increase global supply chain, drive down prices, and just a little side note here, would save millions of lives. Don't tell me it's not about the money, folks, when it's clearly about the money. In Moderna's case, this is despite explicit pressure from the White House and requests from the WHO that the company collaborate in and help accelerate its plan to replicate the Moderna vaccine for wider production. In their hub in South Africa. What did the Pfizer CEO have to say about this? The CEO had dismissed the technology transfer as quote a dangerous nonsense. I wonder if Dr. Fauci backed him up on that one. Follow the money, my friends, and connect the dots. It is so important that each one of you make sure that your families uh, and your friends understand what's happening in this country. That they hear what Congressman Jordan just told you. So I'll say it again. Make sure you share this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast so you can hear the show every day. You can download it and subscribe to it for free. So hit that auto-download button or subscribe button wherever you're listening right now so you can hear the show each and every day. And please hit that forward button. You can text this show to your family and friends. You can put it up on social media and make sure everybody hears what the congressman just had to say. I'll see you back here tomorrow.